Hey, so glad to have you back on the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Alan here with Trent today, and we're so glad to be with you today. You know, Trent, I don't know about you, but every now and then um, I have to ask someone to follow me um, on a trip. To They maybe are going to come to our house and they want to follow us into town. And What's that going to look like? And my wife is forever getting on to me that she says, you are terrible at letting people follow you. <laughs> and and she determined that it's because I'm not always a very good follower, that I always want to be out front. And, you know, that got me to thinking, you know, what kind of a lead follower am I? And am I someone who's willing to follow myself? And, boy, that really is a powerful question when you really start thinking about it. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad you you uh, put this together for us today, and and because my wife Dana and I were having a conversation about planning a mission trip, and that we really hate to have convoys of cars trying to keep people in line and following each other. So we're going to get a bus to take people this time. Uh, so yes, it's hard to be a leader or a follower, and we're going to put those together today. Yeah, we don't talk about them enough, but I think this is really important for us because when we think about who we are as as a pastor, let's just take the role of pastor. As a pastor, you are a leader in your church, but your first responsibility, and this is kind of the question we'll start it out with, is to recognize that we're a follower before we are a leader. So ask yourself, am I a follower before I'm a leader? Because Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, and I'm pretty sure that's the words that would go to a follower. Yeah. I mean, the, if we always say if nobody's behind you, you're not a leader. And so what are the characteristics of a follower? Um, somebody who is following Jesus. And that's, you know, honestly, Alan, whenever I, I don't say that I'm a Christian anymore because people use that in all kinds of weird terms. But I, I'll say that I'm a follower of Jesus. And so who are you following um, as a pastor? Sometimes we get caught up in following other pastors, don't we? Instead of following Jesus or following scripture, which leads us to, to God. And so uh, I think that's a great question. Am I a follower before I am a leader? Yeah, you know, when I was putting that note together, I didn't even think about, you know, who are we following? So are we following after Christ? Are we really growing in our own devotion and our own discipline in regards to Christ? But there are those other things we could demonstrate being a good follower, but we could follow the wrong things. I mean, the Bible tells us don't follow after the things of the world or the, the things in the world, because we are all by nature followers. Even if we are leaders, we're still followers. And so, you know, am I, Maybe it should be, am I a good follower before I am a leader? Um, but that's a great insight. I appreciate you bringing that one out as well. Well, and so you said, am I a good follower? So let's think about that for, let's tease that out for just a second. What, what does it mean to be a good follower? You know, even if I am a follower of Christ, what makes me a good or a bad follower? Am I, am I a follower of Christ in name only or am I actually spending time, uh, you know, the Hebrew phrase is walking in the dust of the rabbi. Um, and so am I walking close enough to, to Christ to be able to learn from him? Uh, I think that maybe we think about that. 
Yeah, that's really good. You know, how close are we following after Jesus? You know, I've always been that guy, Trent, that when I'm driving along and I see the yellow light, I have to remember that someone's following me because what's our first inclination when we see that light just turning yellow? We want to get through it, right? Right, right. Okay, can I still make it through this uh, without it turning red or whatever? But when someone's following you, you you can't do that. And that's kind of what you're talking about a little bit here. And it ties into that second question that we can ask ourselves. Am I setting a reasonable pace? Because if we're following closely after Christ, we, we need to be in step with what he's doing. And that's the idea of what we're talking about. So if we're going to be a good follower of Christ, we need to set the right pace for those who follow after us as well. And those things kind of go hand in hand. So what's what's the pace that I'm setting as a leader? That's really good. And so as you're saying that, I, I'm kind of picturing, you know, Scripture doesn't say Jesus ran places. He walked and he would I think he frustrated his disciples sometimes because he would stop and talk to people. Um, he would stop and teach, and they're like, come on, we need to get on to the next place, especially Peter, Mr. Foot in the Mouth, which I, I can identify with him big time. Uh, but, you know, that is a good question. Am I setting a reasonable pace? And think about the people in your congregation. Where are they at in their spiritual life? Are they able to follow you at the pace you're going? Yeah, when I was thinking about this whole whole idea of pace, you know, I was thinking a lot about change. You know, we, we come in and we want to push the envelope and we want to do things to change. You, you might be fairly new in your church and you're wondering, why isn't my church keeping up with me? <laughs> you know, let's let's go, let's go, let's let's go, let's go. But I, I want you to kind of flip the script. What if you're following? What if someone tries to run at a pace or go at a pace and you just can't keep up with that pace or you're not ready for that pace? you get frustrated. Sometimes you give up or sometimes you just decide it's not worth it and you just don't want to follow after them anymore. And Jesus, like you were saying, was a master of knowing when to speed up, when to slow down, all those things. And we have this skill that we need to develop that puts us so in tune with followers and we know how to follow. We, we show we know how to follow by setting a reasonable pace. And I think sometimes what we tend to want to do is we want to rush through everything and we want to get to the end. And we really don't think about what does it take to get people through that journey. And so part of the pacing is the idea, you know what, we're going to table this discussion and bring it back up at the next business meeting. We're not going to make a decision today. I want to give you time to process this and think about this and, and move on with this. Or, you know what? I'm ready to go, but you're obviously not, <laughs> you know, let's slow down. Maybe I've missed something. Help me see what I've missed. And if they can't come up with things you've missed, then they're going to come around and say, hey, this is the right decision. Two things just came to mind, Alan. Uh, Henry Blackaby really taught a lot about this idea of waiting until there's consensus. And I think that was an important thing in his ministry. And it, it really when I was, you know, years ago when I was studying the, some of his things that he had written, that made me think about, okay, how do I get that to that point of consensus in our church to move forward? The other thing I, I thought about, too, was the difference between herding sheep and herding pigs. And I've 
done both of those uh, growing up on a farm and herding sheep is you lead them uh, and herding sheep, herding pigs, you push them. Um, and so sometimes we want to push our people instead of leading them to where they need to go. Yeah, that's really good. That's a good way, good way of framing that. You know, my wife's, my wife's idea of, of pigs was from her stock show that she was at was if you stay behind the judge long enough, <laughs> um, you'll, you'll win because they can't ever see you. So that, that's how she learned to, to take care of her pig. Just keep it by, push it behind the judge the whole time. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Trent, those are those are good. I, am I a follower before I'm a leader? Am I setting a reasonable pace? But this may be kind of the penultimate question uh, of everything, even though we have more after this. But this one to me might be at the top of the list. And that is, am I in love with leading? And I kind of put in love in quotes there. But is it possible that we've created a culture of pastors that love leading too much? So I, I want you to dis, to describe that a little bit more because I'm not exactly sure I understand I think I have an idea what you're where you're going with this, but is it that they like they like the spotlight, they like the pats on the back? What are you thinking when you say that? Yeah, we you remember how we talked about in COVID that we when pastors all of a sudden weren't hearing the words great sermon every week and there was a little bit of, you know, like the air went out of your cell a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's this whole idea that we've fallen in love with the limelight. We've fallen in love with the f- idea that people look to us for leadership and guidance. And let's be honest about it, too. Over the last 30, 40 years, church structure has changed to the point that in most churches, if a pastor stays any time at all, they are given the benefit of the doubt and in many cases allowed to make most decisions for the church. And I think it's quite possible that maybe we've fallen in love with this idea that I'm the leader so much that we really don't even know how to be followers. Anymore. Yeah, and we and so we can identify with the people that are in our congregation, and so we can't help them come along with us. We're not bringing them along with us. We're just running ahead and say, "Y'all keep up." That- yeah, we're, we're looking to ourselves. We're, we're looking at our spotlight. We're, we're believing our own press. You know, I think about, mm. I think about, uh, was it Keyshawn Johnson? You know, I love me some me. <laughs> receiver. You yes. know, we, we all, we all fall in love with ourselves sometimes. And I think we fall in love with the idea, well, I'm a leader. I'm not a follower. Everyone should just follow me because I am who I am and I have this role and you don't. So that's how it is. Well, so let's go with that, the athletic um, example a little bit more because, you know, we, we see athletes that, you know, especially young guys, they just blow up because it seems like, you know, they just get too much of themselves. And I mean, think about if you were a 20 year old person and you're surrounded by people telling you all the time how amazing you are you're going to start to believe it. Um, and sometimes if, if you're surrounding yourself as a pastor with only people who tell you you're amazing, instead of some maybe some other people, which we don't like to hear from those other people that maybe don't agree with us, uh, but maybe that's the healthy thing is that we need to include them in our committees, in our conversations, in our planning, 
so that we don't fall in love with ourselves. Yeah, I think that's important. We just have got to have that humility um, in our base. And Jesus took on that humble role as a servant, and he was willing to follow after the will of his father, willing to follow him to the cross. And that's something we need to remember is that leadership requires a humility and a willingness at times to take on that role as followers. You know, I, I like to remind pastors, it's important for you to lose a fight every now and then in your church. Mm. It's important for you to not get your way every now and then in your church, because it reminds us that we also know how to follow. And that is an important lesson we could all learn. I know it's a lesson I, I've needed to learn in my life. We all have those moments that we need to learn those. I think there's a corollary to that one, and that is, am I too busy leading? You know, sometimes it might not be our so much our attitude, but it just might be that we feel like there's so many decisions that have to be made that we are so busy leading that we just don't find time to be a good follower of Christ anymore. Well, and there was a time in my pastoral ministry, Alan, where I was had some of my folks that were saying, well, I didn't want to bother you because you're so busy. And so I had to go back and, and tell my church, I am never too busy to have a conversation with you. And I need so that caused me to have to redo my schedule, to redo the way that I, what things I thought were priority instead of, you know, being seen at the state office or being uh, you know, involved in in politics of this, you know, com- larger groups, you know, I needed to be involved with my people individually. Yeah, I think we all run into that. I know I've been too busy at times. And yeah, I remember there's a book, uh, Too Busy Not to Pray. Oh, <laughs> yeah. One time. And, you know, I think about that book uh, every now and then that I run into these times where I get so caught up in doing the work and you know we call it maybe the martha syndrome or whatever where we're we're forgetting that we need to be at the feet of jesus but i believe it's possible to come become so busy as a leader that we forget and we neglect the role that we have as a follower and i don't want to see us do that i think that's a a prime recipe for burning out and giving up Yeah, that's really true. And and so allowing those that kind of leads to the next the next thought. Do I have a bad attitude about the concept of following? Um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes we get to thinking that, um, well, I can do a better job than they do. Uh, and and so why, why can't I let somebody else have a win? You know, as a pastor, can I let somebody else? lead or am i so insecure that i can't i've got to be the guy up front yeah i think we all have this idea sometimes and we've talked about it before but this idea that somehow being a follower is a bad thing and i think we've kind of created that in our cults in our church culture well we don't want to follow after the things of the world i don't want to be a follower you got to go against the tide and you got to stand up and stand out for jesus and those things are all true But we also forget that part of it is to also follow in the right way and to follow in the right path. And I think we've given the idea of this word followership or following, being a follower, maybe a bad rap because we all need to be followers. We're not we're not always leaders. There are times we're just followers and we need to have a good concept 
about really this word of word follower. Yeah. And so Jesus, he talked about this, that we, when we're so caught up in doing our own thing, which he said, all we like sheep have gone astray, each has turned to his own way. You know, uh, maybe it was Paul who said that. I don't remember. That's but, what I think. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not in the book of Trent. I know that. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, but it, scripture does say that. And and that's the, that's the problem is whenever I'm so finding my own way and I don't want to be a follower, then I'm, I'm more likely to go off in left field and do the things that are not godly that God doesn't want me to do. And so we, we go out and we're doing our thing and, and saying, okay, God, come join me instead of the other way around. God's doing things and we look to join him. Yeah. And I think there's another thing that, that comes into play. I was doing some reading. I was reading a, a book actually on leader follower interaction and mm. talking about how leaders and followers interact. And there's one school of thought that says that really you'll never know what you are as a leader until you know how people follow you. Mm. And so that followers are always feeding into leaders and leaders are always filling into followers and it creates kind of this, this cycle. Um, but I think that's really important for us to recognize that, Hey, if I know how to follow, I'm going to, I'm going to have a better understanding of what I'm doing and I'm going to see myself through their eyes as well. And that's self-awareness. And so when you come around to that whole discussion, we've talked a lot about being self-aware and self-awareness is probably one of the most important traits that we can have um, in, in our lives. And self-awareness is also gives you the confidence and the willingness to say, you know what? you can lead out better in this than I can. And, you know, I could give you an example. You know, when a church church makes a decision to say, you know what, we're going to we're gonna build our new facility in-house. And, you know, as the pastor, I could say, well, I'm going to manage that project. But I got a contractor in my church who's managed building projects. Who should, who should take the lead in that situation? Someone who has no experience doing that or someone who knows what they're doing? I would rather yield to someone who knows what they're doing. And so I had to become a follower in that situation. And that's where it's important for us to recognize um, the role and the responsibilities. And that's self-awareness. I'm not a contractor. He's a contractor. Let him do it. Mm -hmm. And that kind of made me think about, you had mentioned a little bit earlier about timing and being willing to slow down and let things come together. Uh, man, that's an area that I struggle with letting someone else lead or, and that includes the timing of it and their timing may be different than my time. And that that's so frustrating. But that's part of what we are called to do as leaders. It means that I am also going to become a good follower. And, you know, Trent, I guess that's kind of where this came from, this whole idea that, we have this, all this literature today about how to be a good leader, but we need to talk more about how we are also not just leaders because good leaders, I believe, are also good followers when that comes, comes time to be considered. Think of it from a military standpoint. No one became a general from disobeying orders. They became a general because they knew how to follow orders and they did it well. And I think that's part of what happens in our spiritual journey 
we don't become leaders because we reject everything that Christ taught us. We become leaders because we follow in his footsteps and we get to know him and he raises us and places us where he wants us. And so good leadership comes from being a good follower. Yeah, Jesus taught about the guy not seeking the the place of honor at the table instead going to the place of dishonor and, and allowing Jesus to bring him up to the place of honor. Yeah, that's good. And so as we finish up this thought today, uh, let's, let's break it down. We've been talking about pastors. Um, as a pastor, am I following Jesus in faith? Am I exemplifying what it means to be a good follower? We talked a little bit about that earlier, but what about as a worship leader, Alan, what, what, should a worship leader be asking themselves in this area? Yeah, you could ask yourself that very question. You know, am I, am I a lead worshiper? You know, am I truly worshiping? Am I guiding my church in this? Do I know what it means to be a worshiper? And, you know, I've talked to a lot of worship pastors who get so caught up in the technical aspects and the, and the flow and, and all those kinds of things, and they forget that their responsibility is to demonstrate what worship really is. Yeah, um, worship leaders sometimes, because of what they deal with, they can have a tendency to turn toward the, the perfectionist, and and that sometimes does not bring people along well. So um, what about a youth minister? You know, it, we're talking about this being a, a good follower. How does that fit into the idea of a youth minister? I don't know. I go back to Mr. T and think I pity the fool. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they, I, I got to tell you, don't you think student ministers have the one of the hardest jobs in our culture today? And mm-hmm. no wonder we're having a hard time finding them because student ministry is so hard. But, you know, students, it's not so much about leading students. I think it's, it's about loving students and being there for students. And so, you know, am, am I leading young people, you know, to, to, kind of raise themselves up a notch and, and understand who they are in Christ. And I, again, I think we talk a lot about self-awareness. I think it's more important than ever for student ministers to have a sense of self-awareness that they know who they are mm-hmm. because students pick out phoniness so quickly. And, you know, you and I grew up in the great age of youth ministry and we saw that and we, we remember youth ministers who were in front of the uh, front of the church for every loud, obnoxious thing that ever took place in the church, and they were always the the Pied Piper, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And Pied Pied Piper student ministry cannot work in this culture today. Yeah, it, it, culture of students is way different, and so for youth and children's ministry, I think maybe an, a thing that you know, those people need to be thinking is, am I able to lead parents in a gracious and kind and compassionate way? Uh, you know, am I able to lead them by following Christ, by following my pastor, by, you know, being a good team player? Um, you could go all the way through every ministry of your church, you know, how as, as a women's ministry leader, how can I be a good follower in that area? Um, you name it, the ministry, this is a good question to ask. Yeah, we should always ask ourselves this one. And this, uh, this one I hope you'll ask yourself often. Am I, am I being a good lead follower? So if you read the note today and you thought it said, how do I be a lead follower? That's not what we were talking about. It's a lead <laughs> follower. 
So anyway, I hope that's been helpful to you today. Trent, do you have any final words? No, we do appreciate that you take time to listen to us. And and when you're listening, uh, you know, especially if a, if one of our episodes really catches your ear, then give us a good review. Uh, help us help us by sharing this with someone else. Um, maybe even give us a, a topic. We're always looking for topics to discuss, and we could use your help on that. So, Alan, uh, I've I've enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, me too. It's a wonderful conversation. I think it's a timely conversation. And I appreciate you taking time to talk through this one with me today. And I can't wait until we get to be back next week and have another conversation. But until that time, be sure you share this episode with someone else. And if you have a chance, give us that five-star rating so others can know about the Enduring Churches podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week.